Six days before the Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they gave a dinner for him there. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those reclining with him at table. Mary therefore took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard, and anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, he who was about to betray him, said, Why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. And having charge of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Jesus said, Leave her alone, so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. For the poor you always have with you, but you do not always have me. Let's pray. Lord, your word says that we cannot live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Would you feed us this morning, Lord, your truth? Would you make it so that we depend on it? And would you help us, God, to remember how desperate we are for your word? Would you give us a thirst and a hunger to read it and to want it and to do what it tells us to do? Lord, I pray that as we look at these two very different individuals this morning, would you help us to be like Mary, someone who is overwhelmed at how generous you are, and how glorious you are, how good and great you are, that we cannot help but to give to you lavishly, to give our best to you. Lord, teach us what we do not know, and would you give us what we do not have. Have your way in us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, last week I found something very helpful from Han Lee's sermon that I think we might be able to use today as well. And last week he gave an example, uh, a metaphor rather, of light and our relationship with light. So, for example, if, if you went outside right now, oh, it's a bit hard. If you went outside and it was sunny, and you looked at the sun directly, okay, with no sunglasses on, just your bare eyes, if you looked at the sun directly after a few seconds, just a matter of seconds, you're going to do permanent damage to your eyes. Eventually, if you keep looking at the sun for a few more seconds, you're going to go blind. On the other hand, if you went outside and instead of 
blinding yourself, let the light touch things around you. The light would reflect off those things and you'd be able to see everything around you. So in that metaphor, we can have two different relationships with light. We can either use it to be able to see things or be blinded. And um, it was very helpful to see last week that there were different reactions to the raising of Lazarus from the dead. This guy who had been dead for four days and then was raised from the dead by Jesus. Some people looked at that and thought, wow, I believe in Jesus. Others saw that and said, let's figure out how to kill this man. <coughs> two huge different responses, two huge different relationships to light. And instead of looking at groups this morning, we're going to see two individuals. We're going to zoom in and see these two opposite reactions to Jesus and who Jesus is. Um, just by way of reminder, in, in, last, in the last chapter, we saw that the people who did believe in Jesus, in verse 45, it says, Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary, had seen what he did, believed in him. Others wanted to kill him. And because they wanted to kill him, Jesus and his disciples went off into the wilderness, away from the danger. Away from the people who were plotting to kill him. But here in chapter 12, in verse 1, it says, Six days before the Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany. And remember how close Bethany is to Jerusalem. It's just two miles off. So Jerusalem, the capital where everyone... A lot of these Jews want to take the life of Jesus. Jesus goes toward the danger. Because his hour is coming close. It's only six days away. His time where he's going to give up his life. Remember, no one can take his life. He gives it up. And that hour is drawing close. And so Jesus gets closer to the danger here in Bethany. And it's at this place where they hold a dinner for him. To celebrate him. And we don't know this from John, but in Matthew and Mark, when we read the same story, it's actually held at the house of Simon the leper. Um, and if you know anything about lepers in this culture, if you were a leper, you could not associate with your family anymore. You couldn't hang out with your friends anymore. Instead, you were cast out and you would live in isolation alone or with other lepers. You couldn't be a part of society anymore. And so we might ask, how is Simon the leper then hosting a dinner? Well, he would have to have no leprosy. I know someone who's good at taking leprosy away. Um, Jesus. And so here we are at this dinner. Around the table, we have a man who used to have leprosy. But now he has been healed. We have a man who was dead for four days. And now he's alive again. And over the weekend, I, I was just thinking, man, what kind of conversations would this table be having? I mean, you have this guy who, who would look around and go, you know what? Jesus healed me from leprosy. And you, you might think of Lazarus going, well, I was dead for four days. And he brought me back to life. And I was thinking, if, if you're a Christian this morning, and you got to sit around this table, you would have an even greater miracle to talk about. 
I was an enemy of God. I was a slave to sin. And that man who's eating with us made me a friend of God and a child of God. I was spiritually dead. I could not approach God. And this man here stands in between me and God and brings me into the presence and now I can stand there boldly because of him. That's an amazing miracle to be brought to life by that man. And if one of us, if you're a Christian this morning, was sitting around that table, you'd win. Right? You'd be able to tell something great about Christ. He can, he can take away leprosy. He can raise dead bodies. But even more amazing, he can take an enemy of God, someone who is dead in trespasses and sins, and bring them to life. And I think it's out of, out of that that this woman, Mary, in verse 3, is behaving. Someone who is overwhelmed at this man who is sitting around this table. And would you look with me at verse 3? It says, Mary therefore took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard. Alright, so when, when we first got married, my wife and I, I bought her some perfume. It was expensive for me. I'm a bit of a cheap guy when it comes to buying stuff. And um, I went to Farmers. I can't remember. It was Albany. I went to Farmers and I, I bought this perfume. It costed $240. Perfume. But I, I, I love this lady. And I wanted to give her something and, and just sort of, you know, show her that I really did care about her. And show her that she was worth more to me than $240. And, um, you know, back then, that was, that was like 60% of my income. So I sort of had to say to myself, Look, okay, are you going to be all right living on 180 bucks this week? Doing the math? You know what, let's do it. Dip into the savings. And so I got her this perfume and I, and I gave it to her. And, and when my wife uses this perfume, she still got some of it. So like three years ago, okay, she still got some of it. And you know when we use perfume nowadays, it's got a little nozzle on it and you just push down the nozzle and it releases like a millimeter of perfume and you can smell it all over the house. Well, Mary did the old one up on me. Mary took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard, a pound. Okay, so that's about three times the amount that I gave my wife. She used it all in one go. Not only that, but this is expensive because it comes from India. So it made its way from India, came all the way down into Jerusalem, and then probably just over two miles to Bethany. It's made from pure nut. It's a whole lot of it. We find out a little bit later how much it's worth. It's worth 300 denarii. Okay, so one denarius is one day's wage. These guys used to work six days a week, but I, I translated it into Kiwi language, and if we took minimum wage, say $17.70 an hour, right? And for 12 hours, and then multiply that by 300 days, you get about 63 grand. $63,000 in today's money. Not 240, 
63,000. Mary then pours it onto Jesus' feet. This expensive perfume. Mary is saying to Jesus, look, you're worth more to me than 300 denarii. You're worth more to me than a whole year's wages. And just let me behave in a way that shows you that. Let me give you this lavish gift. Let me just reach out for the most expensive thing that I can grab right now. Let me reach out for the most valuable thing that I can see and spend it on you because you're more valuable. It's not only an incredible thing because of what it was, look at where she applies it. The rest of verse 3 says, and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet. <coughs> anointed the feet. So she took this perfume and John emphasizes the part where she puts it on his feet. Okay, they didn't have gumboots 2,000 years ago. Alright, if you're walking around where these people live, from Jerusalem to Bethany to, to Ephraim, if, if you're walking all, all over the place, you're getting dust, you're getting sand, and a whole lot of animal droppings all over the place. Jesus is not like the pictures that we see where he's clean cut and shiny. He was a man who had dirty feet and then reclining at this table, the table would have been low. They would have had one elbow on the table and eating with the other hand, feet towards the back. So it made it easy for Mary to go and approach Jesus and do this because his whole body was there. And she goes and anoints his feet. So the worst part of his body. The, the least part of his body. The part that was the dirtiest because it's walking around all the time. And then do you know what she wipes it with? Her hair. The best part of her body. She takes it and uses it to wipe the least part of Jesus. The part that was the dirtiest. This is a sign of humility and devotion from Mary to Jesus. Mary's saying, you know, let me just give you my best. And even if it's, even if it's your feet, just let me give you my best. Let me reach out for the, the most expensive thing that I can find and spend it on you. And then let me take my hair and wipe your feet. That's an incredible gesture. And then we have Judas. Uh, if you look at verse 4, it says, But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, and this is sort of his tagline now. He who was about to betray him. That's how he's remembered. And he says, Why wasn't the ointment sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? What a waste. Mary, what a waste. Why are you wasting $63,000 when we could go out and feed feed some poor people? Why are you wasting it on the feet of Jesus? Mary's not thinking it's a waste. Mary's saying, man, what else can I give? It's not a waste to her. She doesn't regret giving it to her. She doesn't regret 
giving $63,000 worth in today's currency to Jesus. She doesn't regret using her hair to wipe his feet. And something that she understands is that Christ is valuable, more valuable than anything that she has. Christ is worthy of the best that she could give. But others are looking on and saying, what a waste. Judas goes on and says, why wasn't it sold for 300 denarii? We could have fed some poor people. And John lets us in on what he's thinking. He says, he said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. Right? So Ju Judas is more interested in personal gain than he is about feeding the poor. And having charge of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. And Jesus says back to him, this man who knows the price of everything but the value of nothing. This man who knows how much this, this pound of expensive ointment costs, but is ready to sell Jesus for 30 pieces of silver, a little over 10 grand. Jesus says to him, leave her alone. Leave her alone. Leave her alone so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. Verse 8, for the poor you always have with you. Judas, if you want to feed poor people, you're always going to have them and you can do that every day. And is Jesus saying, don't feed poor people? No, he's not. He's saying, feed the poor people and you have the chance to do that all the time. You always have them with you. What Jesus is emphasizing here is, what she has done is not a waste. Because it was spent on me. What, what Mary did was not um, wastefully and recklessly using that ointment. What she was doing was a good thing because it's me. So that means what she's doing is right and proper because it was spent on Jesus. Everyone in this room is represented by one of those two people, Mary or Judas. Someone who is grateful to Christ, someone who knows that he is infinitely valuable, therefore we should give him everything and it would not be a waste. If you gave him a year's worth of wages, it would not be a waste. If you gave him two years worth of wages, it would not be a waste. If you gave him the most expensive thing that you had, it would not be a waste. If you gave him your life, it would not be a waste. Because he's worthy of everything that we can give to him. Mary understood an amazing thing uh, and I'll just read from Philippians 3 
from your state. This is what it says in Philippians 3, from verse 8. It says, Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Again, indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Martha understood that. Friend, do you understand that this morning? That Jesus Christ, the most valuable person, in fact, more valuable than the whole universe put together, would invite you to belong to Him. To even know Him. And that nothing else could compare to that. And brother and sister, who have been saved by Christ already. How is your affection for Christ? Does it match His infinite worth? Does it match His infinite goodness? Here's a challenge uh, for all of us. Try and exaggerate how good He is. Try and exaggerate how great he is. And I, I trust that we won't be able to do that. We could never exaggerate how good he is. We could never exaggerate how great he is. I remember something uh, Hanley also said on this microphone a while ago. He said, if you have everything but do not have Christ, you have nothing. Judas was happy to have 30 pieces of silver. He had nothing. Judas was happy to betray Jesus. He had nothing. Judas was happy to, to go on riding the bandwagon until it got bad for him, and he had nothing. If you have everything but do not have Christ, you have nothing. But on the other hand, if you have nothing, but have Christ. You have everything. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for the story about Mary and her adoration which was completely appropriate. Help us, God, to give to you lavishly and generously and happily our lives and everything that we have. Lord, I, I thank you that not only were the people in the room also blessed by Mary's gesture to you, by the, the wonderful smell of the perfume, but also in Matthew and Mark, you also said that the story would be told everywhere where the gospel is preached. I thank you that that fragrance has even reached us here in a different country and in a different time. That we could be blessed by what she did for you. Help us to be like her, Lord. 
Help us to know your value and to not worry about the cost or the price that we have to give up. Help us not to be like Judas, who didn't think about your value, but only thought about the price of 30 pieces of silver to kiss you goodbye. Give us wisdom, we ask. Grant us, Lord, a hunger for you. You are a deep well, so we pray that you would give us a deep thirst. Have your way in us, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.